Hello, and welcome to Good Show, the podcast helping you answer one of the most daunting questions in television. What am I watching next? I'm Brandon Sharp. And I'm Anthony Maker. And on this episode of Good Show, we are discussing The Old Man. The Old Man was adapted for television from the best-selling novel of the same name by Jonathan Steinberg and Robert Levine and follows Dan Chase, a retired CIA officer played by Lebowski, as he goes from off the grid and out of sight to back in play and on the run. Still at the top of his game and accompanied by a pair of well-trained Rottweilers, Dan is plunged headfirst into the past that he has spent so much of his life trying to escape. The Old Man aired for the first time on FX slash Hulu in June of this year and will return for its second season sometime next year, hopefully. First of all, (laughs) I'm battling a little bit of a head cold, so things might get a little iffy. Yeah, no problem. What? Why hopefully on this one? Is it? Oh, it's not announced. It's not been. Oh, it's not? Okay. So, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the person, the, the article I read said... Oh, you're uh, saying it's not announced when, but it is announced that it uh, is. Correct. I was going to say, I thought it was. That's why. That's what the hopefully was confusing for me. The date is not announced. Yeah, yeah gotcha, gotcha. I do. It's so funny. You had like three or four spoilers in that, but what is are you it a spoiler? Do? I mean, there's a couple spoilers within the. Uh, well, I figured I should make the Lebowski joke first so we get that one out of the way. Well, that's not a spoiler. Sure. But um, um, you already mentioned it. So like, you don't know he's getting plunged back in when you've watched. The first episode. Well, this is all really in. If you read the synopsis for the show, uh huh. Yeah, I, no, that, lot, that's what I figured. That's fair. A, a lot of it is in that, but yeah, I will agree. I didn't know any of this information when I flipped the show on. I think you had kind of given me a basic rundown, so I knew like retired CIA officer past yeah. catching up with him type situation, which is interesting because you know. Our first question, what what grabbed us about this show, yeah. it really took some of your recommendation running through my head for me to stay engaged on that first episode. Totally. I could see that happening. Um, I think I gave it a fairer shake than one might because I love Jeff Bridges so much. And okay. I heard an interview with him where he talked about this show. Um, and he, he was just very, very involved in it. And it was sort of like, I think everyone knows he went through a bit of a cancer battle and oh. some other health issues with, I believe COVID was really bad for him. Okay. Um, just like several things in a row and the way he sort of talked about, you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but him being energized to come back because this show was so good. It yeah. certainly propelled me forward. I, I wasn't exactly sure as I went into the first episode and I agree with you. I think it's helpful. Some of the stuff I told you about the show is helpful to know like, Hey, stick with this because the first episode is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, it's a slow burn. I feel like I'm glad you went first Yeah, because if I had gone first and it wasn't on your radar, we might not be doing this episode right now. Right. I'd like to think I would have stuck it out, but <laughs> I don't know. It, it's just it's just a very interesting episode. I will say you make it through the whole first episode and you are hooked. I yes. Think that's all it, I think that's all it takes. Yeah. What kind of show does this feel like to you? It really, to me, lands in kind of a crossroads of 
of a couple different genres. What's it feel like to you? Yeah, I think the easiest way to talk about this is from a movie perspective. I think it's a spy thriller, mm-hmm. um, which is not, I don't know that you would classify very many of the TV shows in that category specifically. It's more like spy thriller movies than it is like anything you might call a spy thriller on TV. I definitely agree with the let's talk about this in terms of a movie because it feels like a movie broken up into. Oh, for sure. How many episodes are there? Is there eight or ten? I I think there's no, I think there's seven, seven, seven. Okay. no Uh, joke, no joke. Just on that topic. Yeah. There's been three or four times I've gone back to check because I was like, it can't possibly be seven. And then uh, no spoilers, but th- that last episode ends so oddly. I was like, that can't be the last episode. It's it, yeah, it's it's very interesting to me because I feel like the show changes a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if I had to if I had to pick a lane for it to be in, I would agree that spy thriller feels like because it feels a little more espionage esque than like mm-hmm. a James Bond or yeah, even like a, a Jack Ryan. It feels more, uh, feels a little more Tinker Taylor than, than some of those uh-huh. big, loud spy movies. But let's play a game real quick. Okay. Is this not a premium drama? Well, the, I, it's a movie that's split up in seven episodes. So I don't know if you would call that cinematic or not. There's also oh, the bump up. Yeah. I, I might bump it up because there's, um, there's many different sort of locations. There's, I'm thinking about mm-hmm. like, I mean, there's some big look, set pieces yes, there, looking like at least four different cities and, uh-huh. and yes. uh, boat trips and airplane trips, airplanes, and, um, lots of stuff going on. So I would, I would maybe bump this up, but even I sometimes like to call, call something cinematic just because it feels so much like a movie that you've taken a break from, from week to week or whatever. Yeah. And I think, you know, if we've learned anything about kind of this question that we ask this, formula that we run our shows through it's that you know sometimes it feels appropriate to use graphics and like cgi as Mm -hmm. something that we're kind of um, kicking this up into the the cinematic quality category with but you know sometimes those don't apply there's a lot of you know sometimes the writing kicks it up into like a cinematic level show so it's not always the same things but if there's enough of the things that feel more movie like i think it is fair to kind of Give it that bump up. And uh, the one, you know, this is not at all formulaic in any way to to give it this rating, but basically like one of the things about this show for me is the twists and turns. There's so many twists and turns Mm -hmm. and they all feel incredibly authentic. They feel like they were planned out ahead of time. I don't feel now if I contrast this against, I think, (laughs) sorry, I'm getting confused, but I believe the episode that comes out before this is the terminal list. Yeah. And I think the terminalist had these twists and turns in it that felt inauthentic. So were te- they were telegraphed. Yes. And the old man, at least for me, kept catching me off guard. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think like you mentioned writing, being able to bump something up to cinematic quality. And I think like the, the thought that goes into planning out a story like this feels cinematic to me, not television. Yeah. I think it's just the age, the age we're living in series are, Every bit as good as movies these days. It honestly, I am beginning to prefer a brand new series coming out versus mm-hmm. when I hear that a new movie's coming out. Netflix has a uh, sequel coming out to uh, Knives Out. I'm super excited about it. Knives Out was the Who Done It by Ryan Johnson. Yeah, and 
I got to tell you, though, like my first thought was, ooh, is this going to be a Netflix series? I think it's just a movie released on Netflix. But yeah. for some reason, the the series-ness of some of these shows gives it a little something extra for me. I think mm-hmm. I like the bite-sized pieces. I think I like yep. being able to kind of move at my own pace. I'm not always in the mood to sit down for a, a two-plus hour or whatever. So, But if you I are, you still can do it. Yeah. Usually, usually. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, and that if you're in the mood to binge, but I, I do feel like there is something kind of pushing television over the line first for me nowadays. Anyways, mm-hmm. I, I agree. So, with that. I haven't watched a movie in forever. Yeah. Well, the cast is small. Yep. The cast is great, but it's small. In many ways, it's the the Bridges Lithgow show, right? I mean, yep, sure. They're the they're the two main guys. How do you feel like they did? Anyone else stand out? Oh, I mean, the thing is, you are you're pretty excited. I think about, I, or sorry, I, I was excited about Jeff Bridges. All of uh-huh. a sudden, John Lithgow gets in. I'm per, I'm like fairly excited about that, and I, I I just cannot. I don't feel like speak highly enough about how well they do in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and the you know the premise of the show sort of matches where we're at, where we're at with them where they're they're at least long into their careers uh and they're still basically like just saying i'm at the top of my game um mm-hmm. it, they're just killing it yeah they do themselves really well and what i mean by that is jeff bridges plays a really good jeff bridges and and john lithgow plays a really good lithgow i feel like they're doing themselves in a lot of ways though you know like they bring a lot of themselves into these characters no doubt but i think there's a little bit i don't Jeff Bridges is not goofy in this show. Do you feel like he's normally goofy? Uh, no, not always goofy, but I think he's he's known for, he's not goofy in, well, you know, even in like a movie like, uh, what's the Western um, by the Coen brothers? Oh, uh, True Grit. Yeah. True Grit. And True Grit, he's got his like one-liner jokes that he delivers mm-hmm. perfectly. He, mm-hmm. he, he's I not, see that. He's very serious in this show. And I, yeah. and I also don't think he, he gives anything away. Like I, I tell you what. That might be what makes him such a good choice for this character. Uh-huh. Is some of the loosey goosey stuff he's done before this. Yeah. It, well, we've talked about this. Yep. The, we have. the the character who you're always waiting for the line to drop. Yep. This was with Severance and uh Adam Scott. Yeah. A couple of these shows that we've watched. They have yep. these characters who have done some comedic stuff, you know, and then they play this ultra serious role in it. It really kind of grabs you because you're waiting for it. Some of this like goofiness to come and it doesn't, it doesn't come. Yeah. And so what's interesting, the reason I actually brought that up is because I feel like this is way over stereotyping, but I feel like Jeff Bridges channels a little of John Lithgow's past by being fully serious. And John Lithgow is in this pair slightly more the insecure one. Yeah. And sort of, he's not goofy in a funny way, but he's, because he's insecure, he's, he's just a little, yeah, I don't even know what I, how would I would describe that, but he's, I feel like John Lithgow usually plays like, obviously not counting, um, third rock from the sun, but, <laughs> uh, like, so I'm thinking of like Dexter, you know, some of those. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Trinity. Yeah. So like, uh, spoiler, but, <laughs> eh, I don't think so. You're all right. You're safe. Um, but anyway, to move on from your question, another person, I don't know how to say her name exactly, but Aaliyah uh, Shawcat, right? Shawcat. Yeah. Uh, I just assume that's what it was. Plays, you know, I know her the best from playing maybe 
from Arrested Development. Uh-huh. And she's great as that, but I have not seen her in a lot of stuff. And I think she's great in this show. And especially coming from Arrested Development, like, and then going into a series show. Um, and I I don't want to say too much. I, I, I don't want to like uh, typecast her too much from being in a goofy show. But right. I have not seen her do a lot of stuff since then. So nope. I don't know if everyone else sort of like. She's really good. Yeah. Cast her off. Um, but uh, yeah, she's those three. I just think she's an interesting choice, you know, and, it, and uh-huh. it really, it really fits. The only other main character would be the, the lady that plays Zoe. Yeah. Amy I, Brenneman. Uh, serviceable. Serviceable. I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't say much more than that. Yep. Because she does have kind of a lot of scenes. I mean, she's uh, in a lot of scenes with Jeff Bridges. But yeah, I think that's a very good broad stroke of the characters. The story, for me, can move slowly at times. Mm-hmm. I don't want to bring this up too much because I you know, have a few questions about it later. But we are flipping back and forth between flashback, yep. present day. Yep. So basically, there's two sets of casting for the same characters and you, you know, you see two Dan chases, you see two Harold Harper's. I think one of them tends to be where I wanted to spend most of my time. I enjoyed one of them more than the other, but yeah, present day. And and I just, I felt like the, the story had a tendency to drag because of this tool that they were using. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree with that. I do think like, Everything present day kept you on the edge of your seat and everything in the past. I feel like you get the idea pretty early on of what happened mm-hmm. in the past. And then, but then they sort of keep flashing back in an even amount of time. So then it's like, yeah. well, we didn't need to come back. We, we understand what happened. So, uh, but it's, uh, as a tactic, I do enjoy the, the way they told that story. It was necessary. There was stuff I we felt needed like to learn. There was definitely some stuff we needed. Yep. But anyway. Didn't always work for me. Mm-hmm. The writing is interesting, though. And I think your point that there is a distinct lack of humor. Yeah, like none. Yeah. Throughout the whole show. And maybe there was maybe even some even some times when it would have been appropriate. It felt like we we could have used a bit of a levity in some of these scenes. Yeah. And it just doesn't come. And especially with like a Jeff Bridges, you know, in the mm-hmm. lead. And um, anyway, I thought it was an interesting choice. I thought the writing was excellent, though. Usually I notice bad writing more than good, if that makes sense. Like bad writing sticks out like a sore thumb to me. Yep. And, you know, we talked about that a little bit in Terminal List and just some of the backslapping bravado types. Yep. And and this is this is a show where we could have seen some of that. There's a few uh, scenes that deals a little bit with like some military type dudes and. I feel like we could have seen some of that. We didn't. I felt yep. like they were much more well-rounded characters. And um, yeah, I felt I felt like the dialogue was realistic yep. and um, appropriate pretty much the whole thing. I like a show where you act tough, you don't talk tough. And, mm. and I might say that was a little bit of difference in between like the terminal list and the old man. I'm obviously only compared. I keep making that comparison because- they came out roughly, you know, right around the same time, same summer. But the terminalist felt like a lot of tough talk, and and the old man has like zero tough talk. It's there's actually a lot to compare and contrast between those two sure. shows. Yeah, yeah. 
And I felt like it was actually pretty interesting that we were watching them at the same time. Yeah. A, a lot of like, you know, big, big name lean characters. You've got that initial draw from those guys. The story is drastically different. Uh, the acting drastically different. So I think they were great shows to kind of be watching at the same time. Mm-hmm. So of all the elements we've been discussing, story, writing, characters, uh, what do you feel like are the most important of those for a show like this? And when I say show like this, we've kind of said spy thriller. I would also maybe add in a little action slash adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think if you don't mind me kind of hopping in here. Nope. I think the writing and the story is much more important for a spy thriller. I feel like characters are dispensable. Sometimes you could even have forgettable characters in a spy thriller. It's much more important to get the twists right. The story is key. Mm-hmm. Action adventure. I feel like the story can be thin. And it can still be enjoyable. You know, I feel like oh, that's yeah. when that's when you need like a Chris Pratt. You need like a Jeff Bridges. Um, so I feel like there's an interesting intersection happening with this show. What do you feel like were maybe some of the most important elements of those that we've talked about? Yeah, I do think a spy thriller is very much about the writing. Yeah, the, but, the story. But I might almost say you like need a better actor to play in a spy thriller. But I mean, I think that's basically what you've said. Maybe it's not, but uh, you need a better actor in a spy thriller than you do an action adventure. And you, I was actually saying the opposite. So you, I think what I was, oh, well, you, I think I, I thought you were saying it was important. Let certain me clar- things were important, but yeah, let me clarify. I think yeah. you need like, maybe not, maybe not acting is the best thing, but you need like a, a big Chris Evans or the right you know, type of person, the right type of yes. person. Maybe, <laughs> yes, yeah. maybe these guys can't act as well as like a Jeff Bridges, but right. it is important to get like a guy that you can really get behind and cheer for. And I, I don't know. There's just something, something about the character that's more important to me in an action adventure than the story. The story could be a little thin, I think. Yep. Oh, totally. Yeah. Anyway, I think what this show does, though, is I think we're in it. We're it's like an intersection of these two genres. And I think we're seeing good writing mixed with like a good character you can really get behind. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I guess what I'm, I agree with you. And I can imagine like action adventure, you need some muscles. You need yeah. somebody with yeah, some yeah, muscles. Yeah. And you, cause you got to sell the action. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's the whole point is you're selling the action. But I, I think the acting is just as important in a spy thriller, but can be a scrawny person. It's just mm-hmm. more that you have to sell the story. And um, yeah, the, the subterfuge, it's just, it's more about deception. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I like, well, I'm and, like, I keep thinking in my head, I should just bring it up. But, um, spy game was always like one of my favorite spy mm-hmm. thrillers. Yeah. Um, and it, it's an interesting example because it's a bunch of people in there that are just like, they're not action adventure people. Uh, Brad Pitt could be, I guess, but he never, I didn't really ever feel like he was. No. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. He's not really. And, and same with Redford. Yeah. I mean, oh, Redford's not. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in, in the sunset years, yeah. you know, he's, he's more of a thinker, more of a, a talking, uh, you know, a talking head in some of these movies. Yeah. Um, that's a, actually a great example. I love that movie. Yeah, me too. Kind of rolling off the idea that this, you know, 
show is a few different things. Does it feel like the show changes over the course of the season? And, you know, we've talked a little bit about how this show is very much a movie broken up into seven episodes. So a better way, maybe a better way to put this, maybe does the show change tones with like each act? Yeah, for sure. And I think you can think about that a couple different ways. Trying to think about how to talk about the one way without spoiling too much story, but certainly that's the, that's the big thing here yeah. is like a lot of stuff that you just have to watch. You just have to see it. But yeah, it's hard not to spoil it. Yeah, but certainly there are almost like two or three different lives. Well, mm-hmm. even more probably that this yeah. person has led over their life. Uh, and you get to, you get a little peek, peek into each one. The other way I can think about splitting this up into two different stories that I really appreciate that they did is one thing I'll say for the flashbacks is it prevented us from having some sort of like prequel situation, which I appreciate that we're not Oof. like really eating up that sort of time with that sort of thing. Like we're just too into prequels right now. So, um, the flashbacks, let's just do it as we go. Let's well, let's see the and, whole story. Yeah, I, I agree. Even like you ever been watching a show and there was like an awesome episode and then the next episode. So like, and with a cliffhanger mm-hmm. and then the next episode, you you were really looking forward to figuring out what happened. Yep. And it was a, it was a flashback episode. Yep. So even like that yep. is not great. Right. And less preferable to this. Uh, you know, I was talking about how the, the flashback scenes drag, but I tell you what, better than having like a whole episode dedicated to yeah. a flashback or something like that. Yep. Of those different parts, which one do you feel like? So to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, the show really feels like it starts out hyper spy thriller. And as we go on, it feels a little more familiar. It feels a little more action adventure. It feels a little mm-hmm. more like the, I feel like it's just the more you kind of peel back the layers of the onion, the more the show takes a familiar quality. Yep. Which part was your favorite? Really? Was it like, like the beginning when we didn't know anything? Was it kind of like as the story unfolded and some of these twists are coming into view? What do you think? Yeah, I would say probably the first. Yeah. First third, maybe of the uh-huh. show, Be- uh, especially they did a brilliant job of playing with the name of the show mm-hmm. and your expectations for what the show would be. So yep. you literally, this shouldn't be too bad because it gets changed pretty fast, but you literally spend the first bit of the show thinking this is just about some old dude that can barely some crusty around. old. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that changes quickly. So um, quickly. that change was one of my favorite and, and uh, they even shoot the show this way, but like, it's very dark in the very beginning of the show. And then all of a sudden, like your eyes are open to much more of a world and, and, and a lifetime of experience that this person and these people have had. So like that sort of eye opening process was my favorite. And then once the eyes are open, it's still cool, but it's just my favorite part was all those learning all those new things at several new things at the same time i wish we could spoil the show i do too yeah it would be really easy to talk about this but i i will say the more you know and i'm gonna step into it a little bit here the more you know i feel like the the less i liked the show yep i think i think there was something really great and unique about the the mystery surrounding the character there was something really great about that part especially 
in the beginning, kind of into the, I, I don't exactly remember kind of where it shifts, but at some point you really start to figure out a lot more about this character and it, it becomes a just slightly more bland to me. You know, I, I love, yeah, I love the mystery in the early part of this, this season. I will say that the counter argument to that is probably if you imagine some person that you've met when they're older and you don't know any backstory on them and and you like actually get to know some of their story it felt a whole lot like they did a really good job of portraying that like if you ran into this guy you would think nothing of him but you don't know all this stuff that he's been through and so the way the onion is peeled over the course of the show is very much like some older guy that you met at you know i don't know somewhere in the world and 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 finally accidentally found out some stuff about their life yeah i like that actually yeah i think that makes a little more sense to me the same things that would have pushed me away from the show though in the beginning were the things that i ended up liking the most and i flipped back on the first episode today Mm -hmm. and i was like oh yeah i remember why it took me so long to watch this show yeah i remember why I wasn't flying through these episodes. I had lots of lots of people ask me if I was watching the show. Yeah. Family members. But this was this was one of the of the three shows we watched this summer. Then of the three new shows that we watched this summer, this was the one that the most people were watching. And oh, really? Uh huh. Yeah. At absolutely. the time, yes. Yeah. Probably. At, yeah. You're absolutely. Right. And that says to me that this had the widest appeal. But something again, something was keeping me from just like flipping this on as soon as that new episode would come out. Anyway, we talked a little bit already about the flashbacks. I have this long, rather wordy question in our notes, a little bit of a rant. The flashbacks did not work for me. Is there anything redeemable At about all? them? They, 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 they really, they really didn't. Oh, okay. um, I, I don't know. I mean, if I really needed them at all, I'm trying to figure out if there was another way. And obviously, I'm not going to think of that right now. If there was another way to get some of that information that we needed without the continuing flashbacks throughout the story, maybe, maybe there wasn't. Maybe, maybe they were necessary. Do you was think there it, anything? Was there anything redeemable about them, though? The funny thing is, the way you ask that question ruins my answer. But basically, like, I think <laughs> the redeemable thing about them was that we got information that we needed during. Okay, them. I just thought they were boring. Yeah, yeah, sometimes they are boring. I agree with you. And there's a element of like some of the relational some relational aspects of the that's going on in the flashbacks isn't quite earned because you would almost need like a flashback flashback to understand why. Yep. Um certain people care about each other or like how how in the world did, you know, at times it felt like we didn't go far enough back or whatever. But I'm curious if you hmm. would have thought they were better if so we, we basically have these two brilliant actors bouncing off each other in the present day, and oh. then we have a bunch of nobodies in the flashback time, do you think some other people could have captured your interest more? Was it the acting that didn't quite do it for you? Just imagine how dangerous it would be if I ended up wanting to watch the flashbacks more than present day, though. Sure. Yeah. But that's a good question, because maybe that would have been interesting. I mean, we'll never know. But yeah, I think possibly if there was a couple of bigger actors in the flashbacks yeah that could have done it i also think that there's a distinct lack of action or mm-hmm. forward movement in the story it just is a lot of like 
it seems like a lot of space, a lot yeah. of filler in there. That's one thing that made the episodes a little bit of a chore sometimes. Yeah, I just I just think they did give us some of the stuff we needed, you're, you're, and so you couldn't yeah, get rid of them. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. We need, we probably did need them. Um, otherwise, we're getting what exposition yes. dumps yep. and yep. and the show is not about exposition at all. So that nope. that would have been really difficult. It would have changed the style of the show. Mm-hmm. And I honestly and I'm just, all about show don't tell. I'm all about that. I'm, so. I tend to think that I, t- I I tend to agree with you. I didn't love the flashbacks, but I, I mostly feel like I would attribute that to I didn't like the guy that played Young Dan Chase. So mm-hmm. I just wanted more Jeff Bridges. Yep, for sure. Well, the ending of the show. Yes. I want you to take lead on this. Okay. Uh, did it work? Did it work for you? No. <laughs> okay. So short answer. I mostly agree. Why should someone watch this show though? Because that's, it's not, that's the, that's the big thing here because it's not over. Uh, well, that's a good point. Yeah. So I'm hopeful that it'll continue on. I felt like it ended basically at the wrong spot. It was like there, there's some, Unanswered. Like we needed either a little more or a little less, yep. right? Yep. You could have ended it a little earlier. Yep. Or you could have added another episode or something. Yeah. And I'm not a huge fan of, um, well, you know, it's funny is like in, in hindsight or like with a bingeable show, I don't mind cliffhangers between seasons, but this right. doesn't, this feels incredibly unwrapped up. So, um, <laughs> that's difficult. And I would like some things to be wrapped up. Obviously, it makes me want to watch season two. So mm-hmm. it, it worked. Yeah. And I think about some of my favorite shows. If I look back on the way they turn seasons over, they had some pretty big cliffhangers back in a time where you couldn't binge anything. So that was probably even more difficult. So it, I'm sure it works, but yeah, this show just, it felt like we were driving toward the answer to a question and we didn't end up getting it. So that that's difficult. So maybe ask a different question as the main point of the season. And you can have other questions going on that continue on maybe something like that. But the main question asked this season does not get resolved, which is difficult for me. That is the right answer. The show, the story's not over. We are going to, we're going to get a second season. We make it more. This story is continuing. I think also on a, well, okay. Sorry, because Mm -hmm. we related this so heavily to a movie. Jason Bourne in Jason Bourne one mm-hmm. solves his issue. And we know there's going to be more issues related to certain aspects of his life, but he solves the main problem in movie one. So the, it just feels different that if we're going to call this a movie, it had well, and that virtually is, no resolution to the movie. That is one of the big things that separates a movie from a television show. Sure. The story the, is the movie over. still has to a, Say that again. The story's not over. But, and a, a movie absolutely still has to stand on its own. Yeah. Absolutely. It has yeah. to stand on its own or it couldn't be called a movie. You know, we've seen with all of the buku nonsense Marvel stuff, there were a lot of movies in there yeah. that were literally just setting up other movies. Yeah. And, and that to me is not a real movie. You know, if they don't stand on their own, I think that is that is the absolute big difference between. Mm-hmm. Is this a movie or is this a series? And series are absolutely allowed to set up the next season. You know, they're they're absolutely allowed to end and kind of be slightly incomplete and kind of pick up. You know, I don't feel as much like they need to be complete seasons, you know, with resolution Mm -hmm. in order in order to fit in kind of that television show realm. You know, that's much more a movie thing. So. That is that is the big yes. That is the big distinction there between 
when we say movie broken up into seven parts, yeah, it's still very much a television show, though. Sure. Yep. That is why you should definitely check out this show. I would also say kind of on a lesser level, there is some great television in the first season. Um, yep. You get to see you get to see a great Jeff Bridges. You get to see a great John Lithgow. Yep. They are kind of rivals, kind of friends. That's maybe a spoiler. But anyway, <laughs> I feel like it's it's a good pairing. Yeah. And you get to see some really compelling television. Yep, and for sure. It's it's definitely it definitely enjoyable and it's bingeable now. So if you haven't seen it, good news for you. Hit it hard. Well, Anthony, what is a show I should be watching that I haven't watched yet? Yeah, there's a there's a show that I'm surprised I haven't brought up until now. It's called Chef's Table, and I believe you may have oh. se- seen part of little bits of it, but heard of it, seen some of it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I thought it might be worth bringing up anyway, because I don't imagine us being able to really do an episode about this show. Right. But I do think it's a a worthwhile show to recommend. And it's funny because I recommended, I think a couple episodes ago, I recommended Black Mirror. And um, obviously, Mm -hmm. (laughs) obviously they're nothing alike, except (laughs) there's one way they're alike in that each episode is completely different, like absolutely different. And you can, you can pick the ones that you want and pick like, I don't think I've seen necessarily a full season of any of the seasons they have. There's so many seasons out and not only there's so many seasons out, but now we went into like, I watched chef table, chef's table, barbecue, their chef's table, mm-hmm. uh, pizza now just came out. And so I've watched one of those now. Um, basically it chronicles chef's stories at different parts of the globe. It's all over the place. Um, some of the episodes are completely either subtitled or translated, and some of the episodes are in English, obviously. Um, and so it just chronicles different chefs, but it's mostly the most artistic of the chefs. And so some of the stories yeah. are incredible. Um, there's a guy that cooks. One of my favorite episodes is there's a guy that cooks in the volcanic rock in Patagonia. Um, oh, my word. Yeah, it's he digs these holes, and that's how he cooks at everything at like – 110 degrees for like days and then serves the food and it's like an experiential uh and so it's just all of these different kinds of cooks uh chefs actually uh and so it's it's really fun to especially be able to say well this episode isn't really capturing me so i'm gonna skip it and move on so okay. I, I highly recommend chef's table it's and it's uh completely it is perfect to throw on as not needing it to be connected to anything else at all it's um because some of the chef shows i watch are like I, like i i'm i still like master chef we watched master chef as a family okay and so like but that one is still like you sort of have to remember what characters are on this episode and you know even mm-hmm. though it doesn't really matter it's not a big deal but um you still there's information you didn't know well there's no carryover information on chef chef table so when you're ready to watch basically a new documentary about a new chef you pop it on and uh you can leave it for a while and and pick it up again later. Uh, and it's, it's not really connected at all. So it's, yeah, but it's beautifully shot. It's as artistically shot as, as the chefs that are being artistic with their food. So it's wow. very cool. That sounds great. You know, my favorite show about food is what it's, it's actually an unfortunate name, but it's called Emerald eats the world. Huh? And it's Never on seen. Amazon prime. And it, 
it honestly reminds me a lot of the things you've just made me think of this because it reminds me a lot of things you've been talking about. And he kind of does a few different episodes. This is not my recommendation, by the way. Mm -hmm. But like one is in Italy and he's like to the birthplace of the Neapolitan Hmm. uh, style pizza with those big Italian like ovens that they use. You know, you see them all over, you know, all over the states now. But anyway, he so he, he goes to like the place where they make the buffalo mozzarella the place where he gets the olive oil and the place where you know so all of the sources for where this pizza place you know get there and gets their ingredients it's super cool hmm. but there's one there's one on like shanghai soup dumplings there's one on like nordic cooking anyway that's really good yeah i that's awesome i yeah, yeah. i won't make you have that be your recommendation but i've never seen that show so that's great too what is your and, actual recommendation this week so my actual recommendation is a show called kingdom short description it is the television version of warrior oh best way i can describe hold it. on a second is this a jonas brother yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the the main kind of the it's a it's a family of fighters so a, a dad frank grillo is plays the dad and he are you familiar with frank grillo he's been in a bunch of stuff is mm, like sounds familiar you would definitely recognize him but he's in he's actually in warrior He's the trainer of um, oh yeah yeah the the older brother yep anyway um, Frank Grillo's the dad and then there's a couple of faces that you've probably you'll probably like recognize if you see him Jonathan Tucker plays one of the sons uh, Matt Loria from uh, Friday Night Lights is actually in it hmm. um, and and then yes Nick Jonas plays another one of the brothers and Frank Grillo's character owns a gym and kind of a it really kind of crosses over into some of that like crime family type, oh. like type stuff, even though, I mean, I don't know that I ever really see them do anything criminal, but it definitely has like some bleed over into that kind of thing that I am, that I'm always watching and recommending a lot of MMA going on. So you see some pretty good fights. Yeah. Anyway, I like it. It's good. What's it on? It is on Peacock right now. I'm not sure oh, that's okay. where I watched it, but I'm, I'm looking at the, the Google rundown on it and it says it's available on peacock right now cool so um i yeah now that you mention it and i look up the characters i've i uh heard an interview with jonathan tucker and it sounded interesting i just never checked the show out so jonathan tucker is probably my favorite character on that show hmm. he's uh he's definitely a live wire but mm-hmm. really really does a great job really does a great job that's awesome so i'm gonna I'm going to go first here yeah, go for um, it. on quick hits. And yeah. uh, I think, I think you would be, uh, you'd be great to wrap this, uh, wrap okay. this episode up. But uh, first things first, I watched a show called last light also on Peacock. It has uh, Matthew Fox from lost hmm. is the, the main character. Um, I think I really liked it. And I think I, cooled on it a little bit it's mm. a jack ryan type show okay but um matthew fox is no john krasinski i think that would be sure some of that with me um it's good though the, the story is definitely twisty and um I, I think it's engaging but i've cooled on it a little bit i would still you could you could check it out if you wanted to it's interesting to it. too if it's too much like jack ryan then it's like well I, i'll just watch jack ryan instead of exactly yeah. exactly and you should watch Jack Ryan before Last Light, but yeah. Last Light's pretty good. Um, still watching Rings of Power, still watching House of the Dragon. 
mm-hmm. and both are still great. I I think episode three on Rings of Power is the new one, and I think House of the Dragon has had four, mm. but the mo- <laughs> the most recent episode. The thing about Rings of Power is they're doing like plenty to connect a Lord of the Rings fan to this show. Cool. <clears throat> so if you're not familiar with the Silmarillion or the continuing stories or the appendices, any of that other stuff that no one read, I'm well, sorry, some people read it, but it's really long it. and you read the Silmarillion. Yeah. Hey man, <laughs> I mean, more power to you. No, it's, I'm just, I'm just, I know I'm that joking, it's just like, but it's, it's honestly kind of boring, but it's yeah. dense. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, from dense. what I've heard, I have not read it anyway. If you're not familiar with all of the extra stories, I feel like they're doing enough to kind of connect you to the Lord of the Rings realm. Yeah, cool. So, That's it, yeah. Um, see some, I wouldn't say you see familiar stuff, but you, you at least hear things that you've heard before. Yeah. And it's really, it's really, really good. Really, really good. Again, most expensive show ever created <laughs> on Amazon Prime. Worth checking out. It's awesome. House of the Dragon still really good. Still, I mean, yeah. If you've seen Game of Thrones, you know, it's weird. They do some weird stuff. It's I'm I'm enjoying it though, and I think it might have a wider scope than Game of Thrones. Like I think it might be a little more acceptable to more people. Why? If that makes Game of Thrones was racy, right? I think it was just very sure gra- graphic. Oh I yeah, think there's all those weird sex scenes in Game of Thrones. I think yeah. this is a shade under oh, Game cool. of Thrones, Love or it. maybe even a couple shades. Not quite as I don't know. People might. have People might, I would hate to recommend this and you go watch it based on that information. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it just feels a little more tame than Game of Thrones. Also, Cobra Kai is back. Mm-hmm. It's back. Yeah, I, I watched the first episode. I think you said you did too. Yeah, just the one. Just one. And it's, uh, I mean, as Co- Cobra Kai goes, it felt pretty good. Yeah, it felt, felt right. And, uh, right, right. Certainly not. If you like the rest of the show, I don't know why this would disappoint uh-huh. you. You'll like this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's felt great. Um, yeah. So I watched that today, I think. Yeah. And it was, it was just fine. There's some. It goes it, down smooth. Yeah. Yeah. It's a quick, easy watch. Yeah. And I also, um, I watched a little more of, um, <laughs> I abbreviated. A League of Their Own. A League of Their Own. Boo. <laughs> I abbreviated. Oh my I'm just kidding. God. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I I, I like it. It's I good. abbreviated a, a league of their own. And a lotto. I, could, I couldn't remember what the abbreviation <laughs> stood for. <laughs> uh, you outsmarted yourself. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I'm in, still enjoying it, but I'm no, going yeah, to reserve my my thing. But so my my big thing this week is that I had a bit of a rough mental health week this week. And so I mm-hmm. watched barely nothing because um, I, I sort of couldn't. I, I was kind of faced with. I'm very interested in Rings of Power. I'm very interested in the House of the Dragon, um, but I I like can't afford. I couldn't afford this week to go into some like fantasy stepping outside my body. And I thought that might be interesting to bring up at the end of this episode, just because um, we I think we all sort of started watching way more TV during. If you weren't doing it before, you started watching a ton during the pandemic. And then I, you know, I, if you're like me, you probably didn't cut back much at all. So you just kind of like get, <laughs> kept it going. And I'm, I'm sure I watch more TV than most people, but um, it's a good idea sometimes to just take a little break from all the different things you have going on and your, your brain is precious and your body is precious. And so to take a break and step out of it 
um, and uh, just be reminded that you don't have to carry the stresses of everything you're watching uh, and and also that you uh, you're being in your body is a good thing and you don't have to always escape. I, you know, we, mm-hmm. I think we escape sometimes too much. And fortunately, oh, yeah. not, none of what I went through this week had anything to do with watching. Well, who knows, but uh, I don't think I watched too much TV and it caused this, but, um, yeah, it, it, it's just good to just like, uh, be very present in your own body, in your own mind and, 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 and take a break sometimes. So. We are proponents of that, even though we literally well, throw a new TV show at you every single week. Even though we're wrecking ourselves for your we're entertainment. We're doing this for you. <laughs> it's fun for me, too. Uh, but, I, I mean, yeah, I couldn't have put that put that better. I, I often feel, this is crazy, but I feel overwhelmed by my television show sometimes. Yeah. And that's such a wild idea. This is supposed to be fun, light, entertaining. Um, this, this, the escapism is it's de- it's definitely plays a definitely plays a big role. It's very important to be present. And um, I appreciate you sharing that. That yeah. was uh, I feel like can be very helpful. Um, well, man, we did it. Felt like felt like a good episode. I think so. I, I yeah. yeah. It, you're going to love it or hate it. The insecurity is that it was kind of quick, but I feel like we covered it. It's going to be a breeze to edit. Nice. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Your episodes are always so long. They are long. That does it for this episode of Good Show. Good Show is created, recorded, edited, and produced by Anthony Mako and Brandon Sharp. Our theme music was written and recorded by me, Anthony, and all our graphics and socials are developed by Brandon. If you've enjoyed your time with us, please make sure to like or follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And if you appreciate our show, please throw us a rating and a review there too. If you'd like to discuss any of our content, you can search The Good Show Facebook group or follow us on Instagram at The Good Show Podcast. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.